Hello everyone and welcome to Honey Badger Radio. My name is Brian and this is the Fireside Chat. And on today's show, I have a special guest. His name is Cesar Quintana. And he um, has a, a really interesting and crazy story to tell. Um, he came recommended by Paul Elam, who I uh, had the pleasure of having dinner with recently. And he said, hey, you should talk to this guy. And he put us in touch with each other. So welcome to the show, Caesar. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So. Having me. All right. So I looked at the uh, references that you sent me. Uh, I I don't really think I could even do a preamble justice with this. So why don't we? You tell me um, a little bit about your story, starting with uh, like what the basic premise is. So your son has been abducted by an ex. Right or your ex, ex-wife, I assume. Yes, ex-wife. Yeah, ex-wife, and she she took him away from you against court orders and fled to Ukraine and from California, right? Right, right. Okay, so let let me let's get a little bit of backstory and then tell me about what happened and and where things are at right now. So first of all, uh, who is who is your ex and how did you meet her? Well, I used to well, be an admissions, admissions counselor for a college back in uh, twenty from from about twenty ten till about twenty sixteen, and my wife, uh, I met her there. She was working there as well back in uh, late twenty fourteen or so, and that's how we met. Uh, admissions counselors both at the same school. Yeah, you guys hit it off, and um, dated for a while. And how how soon after you met her did you marry her? So I met her at the last part of 2014. Yeah, we probably dated for about a year and then got married after that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In 2016, mid 2016, got married mid 2016. Yeah, and um, I don't know if it's okay to say her name, um, yeah, but uh, Antonia Aslanova. Is that how you say it? Yes. Yes. Okay. Oh, good. I, I pronounced it correctly. That, that that sounds like she's from that part of the world. Is she from like Eastern Europe? Yeah. Yeah. Ukraine. She's from Ukraine. Okay. So she's from Ukraine. Okay. So you met this Ukrainian girl in California. You were working together, or well, lady rather, and you had a child together. And your kid's name is Alexander. Yes. Okay. And and. Uh, how how long until I mean I assume that there must have been like a period where everything was fine and then it was less fine like what what's if, if you don't mind you know sharing that with us yeah and you know it was a regular relationship with regular problems um, our son was born she became pregnant in 2018 and our son was born in 2019 and I think that's really when things really went downhill. Um, She's an only child herself. Uh, her parents are from, U well, she's from Ukraine, but her parents lived in Ukraine. And um, when our son was born, her mom pretty much insisted on on basically moving in with us. And that just created a lot of, a lot of tension. Um, uh, for us, it was, it was, um, and it was funny because, you know, she and her were, didn't get along either. Um, but that was really the main issue. Um, 
obviously I don't want my in-laws living with me, but that really became the, the, when things started to really deteriorate, uh, with her mom, with her mom being with us. I mean, when our son was born, we, we lived in a one bedroom apartment, which was fine for her and I, and then having her mom move in with us. So, so her mother wanted to be a part of this thing, this whole setup. And this is something that you, um, did not like you, you really weren't thinking about that or you didn't, you didn't anticipate that. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Um, I, I, I presume that you are Latino like me in my, uh, in my family, it's normal for women to live with their parents until, especially in Puerto Rico, where, where I'm from, um, you know, there'll be women in, in that are middle-aged and they still are in the house because there isn't a lot of land. So, and then they won't move out until they marry somebody. But then after that, like, you know, my, like my parents won't try to live with me, you know? And I wonder if that isn't like a cultural thing or if it's something else. I just out of, out of just thinking out loud, I guess. No, I agree. And I'm yeah, Mexican yeah. and it's similar or very much the same. I mean, I have family members now that are, are married and live with their family. That is common yeah. in Hispanic. It is a lot of a lot of cultures, but um, you know, I didn't. Uh, it, it, and it, you know, it can work. I think it, it could possibly work if everybody knows their place, but. In our situation, the mom was definitely trying to assert herself as basically the woman of the house. Uh -huh. mm. And if, if she would have just known so, her place, then right. yeah, that might that might work, and it might even be something beneficial, right? And I've seen it work, and you know, in Mexico mainly. Yeah, there, there, so there was so so your mother-in-law moves in with you, and there's a bit of a power struggle going on. You know, you're. You're trying to manage the home, working with this woman, and your mother or your mother-in-law is uh, trying to sort of, you know, position herself at, in in a uh, uh, position of authority, perhaps. And your your wife is sort of going along with it, I assume, like she doesn't necessarily stick up for you in this situation. Yeah, and it was unwillingly going along with it. Like she would do it, but then she'd be pissed, and then you know she she wouldn't confront her mom about it and it just kind of in a way take it no not in a way but seriously take it out on me she'd be giving me an attitude when she was really pissed at her mom um so yeah yeah oh i i know about that <laughs> i know about that yeah um so okay so so your mother-in-law moves in this ever since you've had your your son and things are getting more and more sort of tense you know and so when, what was the, what was the breaking point? Like what, what, how did that happen? Like what, what, what ultimately happened? So in about 2020, um, around the time that the whole, you know, shutdowns began. Her oh, mom, my, yeah. I pretty much told her mom, like, you have to go home. And by the way, I mean, her mom, she has her husband, she has her home in Ukraine. So it wasn't like she was a widow or a, single herself she had her she had her husband in her home back in ukraine and i just told her you need to go home um very entitled right this woman was very entitled and mm -hmm. um i'm not sure what happened she said yes okay i understand and um this was about you know the shutdown started in march or so right and then there was a brief opening in april and that's when she was supposed to go home but what ended up happening was um 
about mid-April or about April 23rd, I believe. I was awoken like at 2 a.m. in the morning and and arrested by two police officers claiming what? that I, yeah, claiming that I had, I was just put in handcuffs and you know I was complying and I'm like, what's going on? And he said, we'll talk about it. Put me in a squad car. Uh, I sat there for about 30 minutes and then the cop came back and said, you're under arrest for domestic violence. And um, yeah, that's what happened. Um, so you were arrested for domestic violence out of the blue. Like when you, when you fought, did you fight with your wife? I don't mean physically, but like, did you guys argue, you know, like any, anybody else? Was there any, any, uh, let's say precedent for this, you know, like uh, anything like that? Well, I mean, actually weeks before this happened, we got along the best, but, um, I, I suspect because, you know, her mom was supposed to go home that month. She ended up not going home. So what ended up happening, I was removed from my home. My mother-in-law ended up staying there for several months after that. So um, I guess they just made the executive decision to remove did, me from the house. Did they show you any, like, there was, was there any evidence, like anything they said, well, this is, you know, like video or here's some injuries or like what, what are the, what were the specific allegations against you? If any. Yeah, that I had that I had hit my wife and that I had threatened her mom. And um, there really wasn't, I was arrested. I, I bailed out, you know, very shortly after that. I was only in jail for like two, three hours. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, but you're, so you were detained yeah. uh, on, on the accusation alone. Yes, and, and yeah. issued a temporary restraining order. Um, but the charges were dropped. Shortly yeah. after, Mr. Mean, or you know, there's two. The way they handle it, they have a felony district attorney and a misdemeanor district attorney, and they both declined to prosecute for lack of evidence. But it was enough to remove me from the home. Right. Shortly. That's that's what they wanted was you out of the home. So, yeah. so what did you do after that? Well, shortly after that happened, I think on a Thursday night or Friday night. Um, you know, I wasn't allowed to contact my wife or go near my home. Um, I went to my mom's house and I was there and this was like the weekend and Monday morning or Tuesday morning, shortly after that incident, I was served with divorce papers and a request for a permanent restraining order from my wife. Um, very shortly after that arrest. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, where were you staying in the meantime? My mom's house. So you were staying at your mom's and um so she served a permanent restraining order on you how did that go through like did that end up happening or did you fight that did you beat that yes i beat it first of all um uh the court was delayed it's supposed to take place like you know 30 days after you're served with it that request for a temp uh, permanent restraining order but you know, with the whole shutdowns, it was delayed. Um, I was served with that sometime at the end of April, and then the so the COVID stuff was like not helpful, basically right. like the lockdowns. I'll put it that way. Um, and the way that it slowed things down in general was made it worse. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. It ended up taking about three months before I actually stepped into the court uh, to to for that for that hearing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, 
How did you feel about that? Like, was it shocking? Did you feel like this was like out of the blue? I mean, yeah, they were, I was obviously devastated. You know, I, I loved my wife. Um, was shocked to hear the, you know, when I got the, the, you know, the the temporary restraining order that night that I was arrested, I was just thinking, well, maybe it was a misunderstanding or maybe something or, you know, I was just speculating. But when I was served with the divorce papers and looked at the her request for a permanent restraining order to read all these things she was accusing me of was frankly devastating. Now I look back, it's, you know, a little bit funny that I was so naive for sure. Yeah. But um, yeah, I was I couldn't I was shocked to hear to read that stuff. Like it was the first like you know red pill moment, as they say. <laughs> oh yeah, that'll uh, do it, right? That'll do yeah, it. Um, yeah, yeah that's, that's the the saying goes. I will like, that I I have started saying this lately. I even said this to Paul. I said that uh, you know all men are are trad until they find out. Um, so like there's no uh, you know I, I have. I have all the sympathy in the world for you because I see it happen around me all the time. Even when I warn my friends, you know, like, hey, you know, this is the, these are the systemic problems and you should be careful. And they'll be like, no, no, no. Like some of them won't go in. They'll go in without a prenup or, or something. And they get screwed over. I've watched it around me. It hasn't happened to me, but I've seen it around me a lot. So yeah, it's, it's, it's devastating. Um, for the famous, uh, my girl's different or not my girl that's yeah they'll say that they'll be you know not my girl yeah it's like well maybe it's not about like that you know maybe it's like the, the problem is the risk itself you know um okay so I, I don't know you said that you saw some shocking stuff on there that you you never like you know allegations or or a kind of narrative in the papers mm -hmm. that you uh couldn't believe were being said about you by someone that you thought loved you. Uh, can you go into any of like specifics on some of them? Because it's some, some of the stuff I've heard about what women will do and when they want to, you know, like destroy a man. Um, it, it's, it can be pretty shocking, but I don't know if the audience can, you know, can get, get it from the horse's mouth, you know? So is there anything in there that jumped out at you that you're like, holy crap, I can't believe she said this about me? Well, I mean, then, yeah, I was shocked. Now I'm not surprised by anything, but, you know, things like that I, that I would hold her, that I would grip her by the mouth and threaten her. Um, mm -hmm. That was one allegation that I, that I would squeeze her to the point where she couldn't breathe. Like, you know, just, like bear hug, bear hug, like bear hug her, yeah, trying yeah. to get her to comply. There was an incident, and it was, and it was, and it was uh, one of the things too. Um, you know, I was naive and trusting, but obviously, she, you know, we knew each other's passwords to our to our to our phones, right? Um, and she, she, um, you know, I saw these screenshots that she submitted from me texting her. Hey, you know, you're gonna regret it if you ever try to leave me which means she logged into my phone and texted herself that from my phone. Oh, no. So it looks like you texted it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, thankfully, you know, they, it was, well, we can go on. We could talk about that later. But um, what else? Uh, she had like a hand mark. She took a picture of an injury that I supposedly uh, did. Yeah. And, and you know, she's, she 
probably her mom was taking the picture, but mm-hmm. somebody must have hit, and there was a hand mark, but I had no idea how I got there, that kind of stuff. Um, what else was there? You know, that I had threatened her mom. Just a bunch of demeaning things that I was saying, you're from this third world country, you're lucky you're even here, I'm in America. What? Yeah, that kind of oh, stuff that you said to her about right, right, oh right, right. Yeah, so you, okay okay so she thought you and this was before we're gonna get into like when when she took your son uh yeah, in a moment yeah. but what what um i guess you were about to say you know fortunately uh with regards to some of these allegations like the like her using the uh the, your phone to try to frame you um, what, how did, like, how did you get out of that? Like they, that all sounds terrible, but how did you fight against it? Well, it was, it was actually turned out to be pretty good because there was like about 15 or 16 allegations all about that same kind of along those same lines that I hit her or that I threatened her, or that I chased her. But there was, it was, you know, then at the time I was working in, um, I'm in Orange County and for anyone familiar with this area, I worked in, um, Riverside, so I would actually take the train there. So on a few of those occasions, or I would take the toll roads with an Uber, right? Um, I wouldn't drive to my office. It was about an hour and a half from where I lived at the time. So like as an example, we'll just use an example, say like March 5th, he threatened me and it was two o'clock and he threatened me and he hit me in the back at two o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And I had train tickets to that I was in out of, you know, I had a train. Oh, you weren't there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was a lot of stuff like that. Same with the um, with her uh, text messages to herself from my phone. The grammar was was not right. Um, you know, English was a second language for her, so the grammar was off, and it didn't. It, it seemed suspicious that I, you know, I, oh. I don't. I generally have decent grammar, but her yeah, messages yeah, yeah. Were, were messed up. So, um, I don't know if I can jump ahead to the hearing or. Let's let's get yeah, let's jump ahead to the I was just you know like I'm just sort of laying out you know some groundwork so we can see like the path of the of the relationship that went into the marriage that went into the child and then the, the mother-in-law stuff and so we can see where we are now. Out of curiosity, um was your ex-wife or your mother were they were they citizens? Did they have green cards in the US or were they here on a visa or what? Yeah, my wife was a. She came here on a student visa in 2011, and she became a permanent resident around that time. Um, so she did have documents. Her mom was here on a tourist visa and was only allowed to be here six months at a time. Um, um, yeah. Was she trying to stay here then? Yes, the mom was trying oh. to stay here. Yeah. Okay, so I'm I'm just because that it's okay. So a <laughs> a plan is forming, as it were. It yeah. seems it seems interesting, but okay. So the mom is on a on a tourist visa, and how long after she came here did all these allegations come out? Like, was it like within that six month period, or was there a period where she had to go back and come back, or did she use this instance to stay? Like, what was what was uh, what do you know about that? Yeah, well, you know, she was supposed to leave around the time I was arrested. We had we had come to that agreement, and if I recall correctly, we had even bought her plane tickets to go back to Ukraine. Uh, mm-hmm. And again, mind you, it wasn't one of the main reasons is her and her, you know, my mother-in-law and my wife just couldn't get along. I mean, I know that it was a really love-hate relationship between the both oh, of them. Oh, yeah. So it wasn't so much, and it was more so, you know, obviously I didn't like her having her in our house either. But yeah, so 
she was supposed to leave that that month but obviously she ended up not she ended up not mm -hmm, mm -hmm. okay so let's go to the court hearing so how do, how do we get to this point and what happened well i also want to say that during this whole time i didn't even have access to my son who was not even a year old at the time i was completely oh yeah right the whole time that you were under this uh restraining order so you how much time did you miss with your son like I assume you were there when he was born, but how long between that and like when you were given the restraining order and had to leave, how much time? Like six months? Less? About four months. About four months. So mm -hmm. he was four months old when you were sort of kicked no, out of your own already, house. He, when I was kicked out of the house, he was about um, nine months old. Nine I, months old. Yeah. And then I was... His, he... I missed his first birthday, basically. The, the hearing was shortly after his first birthday. And, um, mm -hmm. yeah. All right. Um, so you didn't really see your own son for, for the whole time this was going on. Um, I mean, I'll just tell the audience, if you guys have any questions or comments for, for Caesar, you can send a super chat, a rumble rant, uh, shout out to the Rumble Gang, by the way. Um, and you can uh, send us a super chow by going to feedthebadger.com forward slash just the tip. There's a link scrolling down at the bottom. You might see that underneath the JoJo cam. Uh, okay. So, yeah. Just if you want to say anything, please send a, send something through. And uh, ask questions, right? Um, he'll He'll do his best to answer them. Okay. So, what happened next? Oh, you know, we prepared for court and went to the restraining order, restraining order court hearing. Mm -hmm. and, Where'd you get um, your lawyer from? Out of curiosity, you just went. Did you like yeah, go through just, someone or? No, I just Google family law attorney. Um, you know, near me or whatever. Just got someone else. Called one yeah. of the first or second result that came back. Yeah. Okay, I was just curious. All right, so what happened next? I'm sorry. Well, I mean, during the court hearing, um, um, pretty much we didn't even get we we didn't even get halfway through the the hearing before the judge said, "I'm giving my tentative uh, decision, and I'm not granting this restraining order. I have a serious problem with credibility." Do you, and he asked the, the judge asked she asked uh, my wife's attorney, "Do you want to continue?" And he said yes. So we continued through the hearing and. Ultimately, you know, you know when the judges give their speech at the end of the, mm -hmm. they explain their ruling basically. He just said that he had she had a serious problem with credibility that wasn't really guiding him. Yeah, and he said, "I don't believe this man's abusive. He's missed all this time with his child, and you know, obviously the two of you don't belong together. But hopefully, you can cooperate and uh, be good co-parents for the sake of your child." She gave my 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 wife uh, full custody. And I got a couple of visitations, um, you know, a couple times a week for a few hours a day. Um, that's what she gave me at that time. But something funny happened that day. But we can get to we can get to it when you want. Yeah, I'm ready. I mean, I don't know if like that's a bit of a digression, but but what's the funny thing that happened that day? So that happened August third. 2013 mm -hmm. oh, i'm sorry 2020 august 3rd 2020 and that very same day after she got full custody 
she got a DUI. Um, oh no. Yeah, and was taken to county jail for a few days. And a few days after that, my lawyer filed an ex parte and I got full custody of my son. Uh, I think August 8th. So uh, that that's what happened that day. <laughs> did she did she have a history of like drinking uh generally? Like like did she have a problem with that? Well, I I I would say she, I would say yes, but more so like and I see it in Mexican culture too, like people don't understand like you can't even drink one or one or two beers here and you'll get a DUI, right? We're, we're really serious about DUIs here. And I, that's what I think she never really understood. Oh, so you don't think she was wasted, but probably was driving. Wasted, should not be driving for sure. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Ugh, okay. I'm just saying like, I don't want to presume that she's just like total train wreck. Um, but okay. So you, so she got full custody mm -hmm. and we got the DUI thing. Um, did you, were you still not able to see your son or did you see him for a while? No, I mean, I got full, after she got the DUI, I got full custody. Oh, after the, yeah, after yeah. the UI, you got full custody. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. So what, I guess what, that's, that's an important detail, the DUI thing. I don't think that's a digression at all, but so what happened next? Well, it was, I would say it was the best few months of my life to, to this day to have my son. He was about a year old at the time now. And, you know, we lived yeah. a pretty good life. Um, and how long, was he doing back at that time? Like walking, talking? Was, he and baby talk. Mean? He would understand. He would say, Papa, uh, yeah. not really talking. He was only a year old. And, but, you know, it was... It just gave a lot of purpose to my life, you know, going to sleep early, getting up early, doing things with him. It was it was a great time for me. Uh, we really formed a strong bond during that time. Um, Did you have any help uh, with him, like from your, like your family? I watched some of the. You sent me some videos, and I saw there were some other people, and I fig assume they were like either friends or family members. Yeah, you know? family members. My brother and my mom. My dad, you know, they would watch him. Thankfully, I worked from home for a couple of years now, even before the pandemic. But, um, you know, I, I, I pretty much handled him. I mean, I would sit here at this desk, and he would sit next to me playing his games, and he was he, mm -hmm. he was a pretty well behaved boy. Um, you know, we take walks in the morning, in the evening. His mom, uh, my wife, she would have visitations with him occasionally, so she would take him a couple times a week. Uh, but no, no overnights. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, that that's how it went. That for was two months. Before she right. took him? Well, you said it was the best two months of my life. Oh, and a few I'm months. Saying it was, few it was months. Two, two, three, three months? She took him December 15th. I, I got him about August 8th. So it was a few. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh okay well um what happened next then? well december 15 or 16 she picked him up for her three hour three hour visitation she picked him up about three o'clock in the afternoon and how often did she get visitations like how did that work she was entitled to three visitations a week but she didn't always she didn't always follow through on them um yeah so 
He was in town. No, this was. Yeah, so th so three visitations and they're three hours a visit. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Not a lot of time. I would I would probably have taken advantage of much as much of it as possible. But um, is there were there under any other ways that she or her family helped him out? Like, did they, you know, like buy him things, send you money, or anything like that? Not so much, you know. And I and I feel. I feel for my son's mom in a way because um, not like her mom really was a mastermind behind all of this. And obviously she's an idiot for listening to her, but um, yeah, I really, it was her mom. Uh, the mother-in-law. Yeah. yeah. That sounds, that sounds like it's right. I think it sounds to me, and I mean, I'm not a psychologist or anything, but it sounds to me like your ex-wife being a single, like, you know, an only child, with a mother that is like very um, controlling, like she's like uh, you know, uh, the there's like that term, the devouring mother. You know, she yeah, wants yeah. to she wants to live out like vicariously through her kids or through her kids' kids, and and uh, becomes you know really manipulative and and she doesn't like. They tend to be like. Um, hostile to people that they consider to be outsiders like yeah, you yeah. like like husbands you know so um and uh yeah so and and uh they will use like their children and i think that's and i'm not i'm not exonerating your wife i think that yeah. she should have stood up to her but i can see where the dynamic is at right so yeah yeah you, I mean, um, he's nuts but you just share one detail she actually wears my my son's mother my wife's engagement diamond ring and, and her wedding ring My your mother-in-law wears the engagement ring you gave your wife and her wedding ring as well and her wedding ring that is to this day well i don't know i haven't seen her to this day and that's yeah well i think that's creepy that's all i'll say to that yeah, yeah. that's to me that's creepy weird like if my mother-in-law was wearing my wife's ring i'd be troubled <laughs> i'd be like wait my wife should be wearing that you know um because it's yeah, I don't know. That's just that's that nuts, just troubles right? me, huh? That's nuts, right? Yeah, it's it is. It's nuts. Yeah, that's putting it lightly. <laughs> so, um, all right. So then, uh, was there anything between that moment and when your son, like, when did when your son was gone? Like, when you learned that your son was gone? Like, what you said that she came for a three-hour visit. And what happened after that? Did she just not come back? Like, what happened? Yeah, I called her and I said, it's 6 o'clock. She's like, I'll be right there. And I waited 10 minutes and I said, you know, it's 6 o'clock. Or, you know, you're already late. What's the deal? And um, I called her, no answer. Then I texted her again and the, call, and the text didn't go through. And, and I called 911 right after that. Um, the cops came. They didn't really take me seriously at first. Um, they stayed with me. We went to my old residence, you know, where she was still living with her, with her mom. Um, um, basically, you know, broke the back door to get in and the, the whole house was empty. It was empty. It was empty completely. And the car was not there. Um, and you know, the cops, you know, filed a report, but they didn't really do anything after that. I called at midnight and I just, you know, I was looking through some of my stuff here and uh i told him that the passport 
How can I put it? Well, yeah, I just pretty much told him. I didn't know what to say, so I just told him my son's passport was missing. It turned out not to be the case, but I know I at the time I was just, I just wanted them to do something. Yeah, then, um, sure. You didn't think they were taking you seriously, so you right. were like, well, you know, yeah, I get it. Um, and so they came back at around midnight, detective, and he took my information. He, you know, I had pictures of, I did have pictures of my son's passport, my wife's passport, and you know, he was he was here. He kept going going outside to make phone calls, and then he said, you know. We already got the people working on this. Uh, I'll call you back if there's any updates. And, um, you know, he left around here at 2 a.m., 2.30 in the morning. Obviously, I was didn't go to sleep at all. Um, I couldn't sleep. Kept dialing my son, you know, my wife's phone. It kept going to voicemail. And then uh, a couple of hours in the morning, like maybe 11.30, that same detective came with another detective knocked on the door and he came in can we come in yeah and he says we have good news and bad news i was like what the hell like i didn't know what to think is my son alive she killed herself yeah. or something? and he's like the good news is we found your son the bad news is he's in ukraine and i was like devastated like how could this be you know you just assume yeah. that there's like something that'll stop them at the airport or something but he just explained to me that my son's family, you know, her mother and her grandmother really were able to get um, Ukrainian citizenship for my son since, you know, he's his mom is Ukrainian. And they mm -hmm. were able to get a Ukrainian passport for him and just said, oh, yeah, we were just here on vacation. We're going home. And that's how they left the, the U.S. The U.S. Wow. Yeah. Were there any, like... Now, when you look back on it, it's like you show up and the place is completely empty. Like, it was like nobody was there. Like, were there any signs? Did you ask yourself if you, like, were, you know, had any, like, was this completely out of the blue? Or when you look back, do you say, oh, there was some evidence that something like this might happen? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think back, you know, she obviously had that DUI. It was actually yeah. a DUI hit and run. So it was a serious, oh. it was a serious situation. Um, yeah, that's serious. And um, it was a DUI hit and run. So she was, I don't know how much trouble they were, she was going to get, you know, women always get treated with mm -hmm. kid gloves. But um, oh, yeah, I know. that was one thing that she had said, you know, when that happened, obviously we spoke in between during, even during our divorce, she, she made an effort to want to reconcile, but, um, you know, I wasn't interested. Um, so there, I think of that, um, I think of her mom, she often make comments about going back to Ukraine, like like trying to convince me, hey, let's all just move to Ukraine and stuff like that. Um, what else? You know, she, at one point she asked me if we should make our son a Ukrainian citizen, which I wasn't really for, but then I thought, you know, she doesn't really need my permission, legally speaking, so... You know stuff like that more yeah. so my regret was you know i could have probably i could have insisted on her having supervised visits and that's what i should have done rather than you know just to i wasn't trying to like be nice to her but i just wanted things to just move on right like let's let's just finish this divorce let's just I, do this amicably and then move on with our lives right yeah yeah i wasn't trying to be like 
you know, I could have been a jackass and said, and I should have, you know, should have put my son safety, but I, I could have just said, you know, no, you're going to have supervised visits and all. But even that, I knew that those, my full custody was only temporary. I knew eventually we'd have 50-50. So I even said, let's just finish this divorce. We'll have 50-50 custody and, you know, divide up what we have and, and let's just move on with our lives. That's really what I wanted. But I should have thought more, you know, what's in the best interest of my son, you know? Obviously, yeah. I've seen her, and one thing I didn't mention, I saw her and her mom come to blows a few times, like pulling each other's hair. So it was a very dysfunctional environment, and I should have really thought, like, yeah, I should have thought more of insisting yeah. on supervised visits. You yeah, know? that's that's crazy. And was that, so that day when she came to pick him up, was that the last time you saw Alexander? No, that was just the beginning of all this. Um, that wasn't. So you've seen him since then. Yeah. Okay. All right. We're gonna get into that in a second. I'm gonna read. I got a super chow from someone that I'm gonna read out really quick. So if you guys uh, could, again, you'll see it scrolling across the bottom. Send a super chow, rumble rant, or a super chat, and I will be sure to read it on the show while we're live. So great indoors. Uh, thank you so much. He gives us uh, $10 and says, I wonder what in what part of the Ukraine she has taken his son to. Hopefully it's the western side of Ukraine. They might even be in Western Europe right now, come to think of it. Well, actually, uh, when this happened, the conflict had not started yet, right? Or has it? It had not. No. Okay, so when this happened, Russia had not invaded yet. And we're, but we're getting to that part. Yeah. So what part of Ukraine was she, do you know what, what part she was in when she first came there? Yeah, well, the worst part, Mariupol, Ukraine, easternmost part. The easternmost part. So right on the Russian border, basically. Mariupol. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but at this time, at this point in the story, Russia had not invaded yet. No. So... What did you what did you do next? So you learned that your your son has been essentially kidnapped from you and taken to another country on the other side of the Atlantic. Um and you're in California, so it's way I mean like way away, okay? Uh so what do you do next? What's your plan? And yeah, just to clarify, yeah, he was kidnapped. She is charged with kidnapping. My son is registered as a missing person. He's on the missing and exploited children website. So yeah, it was a straight up kidnapping. But what I did next, um, that happened, like I said, mid December, 2020. And um, about uh, February 3rd or 4th, something around that, something about along those lines of um, 2021. So only about a month and a couple of weeks after he was taken, I, I got my passport and I, and I went to Ukraine. I went to Ukraine. So you, as soon as you are able to, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the passport process can be a bit of a pain. At least what I got one. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so you get on the plane, you go to Ukraine as soon as possible. You know exactly what city she went to, or did you have to find her once you landed? No, I had visited Ukraine uh, once before when we were still married. Hmm. Um, but I didn't go to her house. I went to um, the capital city of Kiev. And there is a there is a treaty between the U.S. and um, Ukraine and other countries that to address these matters when parents take their children abroad, uh, you know, when they're not supposed to out of return mm -hmm. the children. 
So there is a mechanism to go through. But um, in my opinion, it's it's a joke. I didn't know it at the no. time, but um, it's a joke. No, especially when it's a mom taking kids. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's something there on paper. Yeah. But yeah. if you're a father trying to get trying to find your kid, it's doesn't seem to work for you very well. So you go to Ukraine and you go to the capital and you're looking for help, I assume, to like get your son back. Yeah, you know, I, I hired a lawyer there. I hired yeah. a lawyer and started the process. Um, there was some support from the State Department. They have a children's issue division to that they assigned this country country it's called a country officer but they're useless in my opinion i mean i don't know if anybody ever deals with them i'm not suggesting not speaking with them but i've spoken to dozens of parents and they all say the same thing that they're essentially useless um that's been my experience yeah um the district attorney here in orange county's child abduction unit she 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 sent you know some documents and a request to the ministry of justice of ukraine of course that was ignored <laughs> they never replied to her um i was able to get some visitations with him in ukraine and you know in exchange for for um some support i did i did it i did end up doing that um i don't know i'm kind of jumping ahead because i ended up going from kiev to east ukraine so i don't know how you want to take this oh that's okay yeah i mean we got about 15 minutes left uh yeah so let's let's get to the part where you uh go to eastern ukraine is that before and, and then the conflict happens after that or or what yeah so i was there, there. mariupol you can look this city up one of the worst cities to be in um the u.s you know they they would send emails to their citizens like warning you know get out of the country uh, they were announcing war was imminent this this court process to return my son was was pretty much a joke and mm -hmm. I just took matters into my own hands, and I, I got my son for a visitation one evening, um, and I just took him. I I got a, you know she brought the my mother in law brought him to the hotel for me to visit with him um, for an hour. I said thank you, you know I was acting civil, kind of playing a part, and I just said thank you, yes, and an hour we'll we'll be ready, and I just left out the back door jumped in a car with the driver that I had hired and and left and left um drove for about 14 hours um where were you headed Kiev so if you were going to go to Kiev get on a plane come back to the states is that the plan yeah yeah, yeah and I was yeah. I was stopped on one occasion um probably 5 or 6 or 7 hours into our into our drive I was pulled over by the Ukrainian national police they acted very aggressive with me, but I now I think back like I, I just had my son in my arms, so I'm having my son in my arms. The cops made me get off of the, out of the car, and they take me to the police station. And you know, in Ukraine is is not like here. Police, well, I know police can be difficult here too, but at least here you have some, you know, civil rights. Yeah, and and so they were kind of taken back by my attitude towards them, and and. Um, I said, you know, you guys can't hold me here. I'm an American citizen. You're making a mistake. I call. I got on my phone and I'm like, pretending I'm talking. To, I did call the embassy, but they're they're useless themselves. Of course, they are. of course, right. But I'm like, 
yeah, yeah, my name is Caesar. This guy, this cop, he's threatening to kill me. He's got his gun on his hand. His name is, and I'm reading his name. Like, I need your badge number, sir. And so, like, they did get intimidated by that. And actually, I was able to leave. Um, my lawyer actually showed up, and we got in the car and left. And um, we continued on. And um, I actually was pretty much like in hiding in in uh, in Ukraine. Oh, let me back up. Yeah, yeah, go they ahead. Couldn't, they couldn't detain me, right? But they didn't give me my passports back. So they stole this Ukrainian police officer stole my passport, but I was still able to leave. And um, with my son, with my son. Um, and then basically I was just kind of looking, I was like in hiding, got an Airbnb for a couple weeks. This is January 2022. So mm -hmm. the war started February 2022. So this is how close things were to the war time. Um, so, you know, I was with my son for a while. I don't know. Do you want me to, where do you want me to? Yeah. Stay? Yeah. So just looking for a way out. And um, eventually, uh, you know, we did a really, there wasn't, there really wasn't any legal reason I couldn't take my son back. He was an American citizen. Um, I was able to get a second passport for myself and for my son at the U.S. Embassy. Um, at this point, out of curiosity, at this point, was your ex-wife like, like, was she wanted for kidnapping or was this something that kind of got like a charge that came after all of this? No, she was wanted for kidnapping almost immediately after this happened. Okay. All right. She was. Trying so, so yeah. So she should have been by all accounts arrested, I guess, being in another country. I don't know how much immunity that gives you, but, but yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. And there's a whole thing regarding Interpol's change their policy that they don't recognize parental child abduction as a as a crime anymore. So there was at a point that they would they did recognize it and they would put you on the red notice for the parent yeah. and, the, and the yellow notice for the child, but they stopped doing that some years ago. Uh, hmm. we, we did try to do that, but they didn't they didn't do it. Mm -hmm. But actually I wanted to mention this kind of goes back to my mother-in-law. Like my son's mom, she pretty much said you know, I told her, let me take him and I'll help you get your charges dropped. You know, I'll give you alimony and whatever. You know, I was saying whatever just to leave. And she essentially agreed. It, it really was my mother-in-law who was who was like a rabid dog calling the police, telling them that I was going to kill my son, that I was dangerous, that it, all this. It really was her who, who, who was leading the charge here. That's insane, man. Yeah. Yeah. Probably should have met her before you married this woman. Yeah, sure. <laughs> right. Spend some time sure. with the mother-in-law. Okay. So uh, what happened when we should uh we had like 10 minutes and I don't want to miss any of the good parts. So the how long after like what happened next with I want to know like when what the timing is when the invasion when Russia invaded that part of Ukraine what was going on with you and your son? And what was going through your head? <clears throat> well, basically, the at um, January, towards the end of January 2022, is when I tried to leave the country. And unfortunately, like I said, my, my mother-in-law had reported that I had basically hurt my son. So there was like, not an arrest warrant, but sort of like an investigative warrant on me. So when I tried to leave the country, even though there wasn't anything they could do to stop me, that they did flag me, like the criminal police did flag me and basically detained me and they took my son from me and gave him to his uh, grandmother. 
Um, they detained me for a little bit and um, he had one of my, my passport. He stamped it and said, you have 10 days to leave the country or you're going to be arrested. So um, I left. I left um, January 30th and I was planning to come back. Um, you know, I had a lawyer. You know, I wanted to come back and I don't know, just do something, right? I, I didn't know what, but I wanted to come back and do something. And, you know, unfortunately, like three weeks after I left the country that's when the war started and um you know i and my son's mom called me and said you know send us some money don't worry you know people here are going to welcome the russians to mariupol and and um this was you know february something and i did send them some money obviously you know war was the war was happening i was trying to convince them to leave the leave the leave the city and uh, but they wouldn't leave, and I lost contact with them sometime at the beginning of March. You know, the war had already started, and for like three weeks, I didn't know if my son was dead or alive. I couldn't reach anybody. You know, I knew a lot of people in the city that I had been friends with. Some of them died. Others were able to leave, and you know, they were trying to do trying to reach somebody in the city see if they could reach my son's family, and. Um, you know, thankfully, again, I got a call from the State Department um, sometime in March says, you know, good news, bad news is your son's alive. That's the good news. The bad news is he's 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 in Russia with his family now. And um, there's really no diplomatic mechanism to bring a child home from Russia. And yeah, that's 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 so your ex-wife and your mother-in-law, too. Yeah, your ex-wife and your mother-in-law and your son are in Russia. They fled to Russia. Uh, you know why? Was it because they figured they could keep your son further away from you by doing that, or was it for their own? Safety? I think so. I think so. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. really what I think is is the motivation. And you know, my mother-in-law, she's a lunatic. She's you know, she's a kind of she is a pro-Russian Ukrainian, obviously. And she's the kind that kind of bemoans the fall of the Soviet Union. I don't know if you know any Russian. Oh, wow. Yeah. like <laughs> a, oh, There's a, literally a red flag. <laughs> yeah. That's the kind um, of woman she is. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, so what was the last time you heard from, according to what I, I read, you haven't heard from your son since March 2nd. Um, is that right? Or heard about him or heard from anyone about this? No, I hear from them from time to time. Um, I've seen him on FaceTime. He doesn't speak English. He doesn't. Before he would, you know, I'd speak to him in Spanish and English. And he he would understand, you know, he would respond to, to the, even though he didn't speak it. But, um, you know, he just seems Russian. He seems... He seems like he's okay as far as he doesn't look hurt or anything or malnourished, but um, I I honestly have a hard time even seeing him through Zoom. Um, it doesn't seem, yeah. yeah. I just so you you don't feel like you feel like they're it's like they're kind of it's like they're kind of erasing your input into the raising of this child, right? Like. Like you are a Mexican American, so he learned. He was learning, or you were speaking to him in English and Spanish, right? Yeah. And now he's over there, and he doesn't. He speaks Russian. 
He right. doesn't really speak right. the. He doesn't speak English or Spanish, or at least you haven't seen much of that. No, he doesn't. The few times that I've spoken to him, he doesn't understand English or Spanish. Yeah, at all. He only speaks Russian. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I mean, I just, I'm always conflicted with those calls because, of course, it's nice to see him, but. I just end up getting angry afterwards, to be honest. Um, yeah. I don't really. Well, it just that. seems unjust. It's, it is unjust. It doesn't seem unjust. It's really unjust. It's it's like. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't imagine like I, I, I've i always wanted kids and I couldn't imagine having a child and then losing that child. And you feel like no one is doing anything to make it right, you know? Yeah, um, really. And it's, it's difficult. One one note. I don't know if you saw the article i sent you one of the things that oh yeah i got it the washington post one right well there's a there was another twist to the story there were two videos uh i watched them both already okay can't display them here but uh, sure no but i I can show you the article what were you gonna say well basically you know when i was when i tried to take my son out of ukraine i mentioned to you that one of the my passports was stolen so one of those cops that when the invasion started from what I hear, he was trying to leave the country, trying to leave Mariupol with my passport, and he was killed by a Russian soldier. And that Russian soldier was on on Russian TV saying that he had killed me essentially, and that I was a I was a mercenary fighting. For oh, him. yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was on the uh, uh, what is it fact checking thing? I watched that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't even. I couldn't even. Even if probably if I wanted to visit Russia, I don't think I would because I I might be. <laughs> A target, yeah, KGB yeah. as a as a foreign agent or something, <laughs> right, right, um, dude, that's crazy, man. So what? It, okay, so how long has it been since you last saw uh, any sign of your kid? And what do you have like a plan? Like, do you have a plan? Are you are you gonna tr- keep trying? Um. Or are you moving on? Like, what what are you thinking? Yeah. Um, so, recently, you know, I'm I'm actually still married, still going through the divorce process, um, and it's supposed to final wrap up this year. Um, I had my attorney authorize my attorney to speak to my son's mom in in Russia, you know, and um, to make like basically an offer because she actually can't. It'll be like a default divorce, so. You know, we have a business and a, and a house that are basically going to come to me. She's not going to get anything. But I authorized my attorney, you know, I'm willing to do to to make it give her even more than what she's entitled to if she brings our son home. Um, so that looks promising. Obviously, Russia is kind of limited in their options. Um, if she's willing to bring him home, um, we're willing to help her with, you know, her legal troubles. I know the district attorney told me personally that in the interest of the best interest of the child, she's willing to drop the charges if she brings him back. So there's some hope there. I mean, obviously you're hoping for a woman to do the right thing. That's, you know, who knows? Yeah. Right. It's not, it's not something we incentivize, Yeah, which is, is the main issue. Not that women aren't capable of doing the right thing, but we don't exactly penalize them for not. Yeah. So yeah. we kind of reward bad behavior. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, so, are you? Uh, 
I don't know. Like, I mean, I know you, you, you know, you're still going through the process. Is there like something that you're um, hoping to get people to be aware of or support or anything like that? Like, um, you know, I don't know, like a petition, <laughs> like something, you know, um, do you have anything in mind? Have you spoken to people like, I know you talked to Paul. Have you, uh, Spoken to people like NCFM, the National Coalition for Men, they have like lawyers. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just yeah. It's it's kind of you know maybe I'm just being negative, but you know when all this went down, and especially when the war started, like I was in Washington D.C. You know, I spoke to a couple of senators. I was working with a nonprofit. I can share the name afterwards if you want, but they're a great nonprofit. They're the ones that got me all those interviews there most of the most of the volunteers are are were called left behind parents like parents that their children are abducted from them by a spouse or whatever and i mean i spoke to like diane feinstein's office who she's helped get kids back from overseas you know um it's to me it's a little bit my and i'm not discouraging anybody to do anything but i kind of feel like the only time kids come back from overseas is when a father takes them. Um, that's been what I've seen. Um, people just aren't willing to help dads. I mean, even when I had my son in my arms, the U.S. Embassy was saying war is imminent. I was inside of the U.S. Embassy with my son, and they said pretty much, mm -hmm. you need to leave. There's nothing we can do for you. So yeah. it's, it's hard to... And I kind of always knew that, you know, especially not to make it racial, but even like as a Hispanic man, it's, there's nobody coming to the rescue, which which is why, you know, I ended up taking matters into my own hands. But I guess just be careful who you marry. But even then, you know, you, like you said, we have friends that they might be, they might agree with us now and then they meet somebody and all of a sudden they're, you know, they're, they're, all that logic is out the window. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Well, um, I, I just want to say thank you for sharing your story. I think it's really important. Uh, we're going to go into the patron show. And so the okay. people that like are our supporters can like go more into stuff, ask you more questions. You know, uh, if you guys want to be a part of that, you have to go to feedthebadger.com and set up a monthly subscription. Uh, five bucks a month will get you into our discord. You'll be able to watch all the additional content, participate in the live chats. And if you give it higher levels, you can be even be in the Zoom call with Caesar and myself. So that's feedthebadger.com to set up a monthly subscription. Uh, we are going to head into the patron show now. So uh, let me just do a quick once over. Again, links. I'm going to put links to all of the news stories and stuff in the descriptions. You guys can look at it yourself. Um, there is uh, two videos and a Washington Post article. I think that this should be like all over uh the news if possible so i don't know maybe maybe we can like make enough noise and get some eyeballs on this so uh thank you again caesar so much for coming on if you guys like this video please oh stick around don't go anywhere okay yeah, yeah. if you guys like this video please hit like subscribe if you're not already subscribed hit the bell for notifications leave us a comment let us know what you guys think about what we discussed on the show today uh thank you so, so much for coming on today's episode of the fireside chat and we'll talk to you guys in the next one